This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Are you like, oh, you have a lot of flaws, things that I don't enjoy yeah. and things that I'm irritated by? Maybe we should spend the rest of our life together. But still, only get better from here. <laughs> Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing good. Yes, we're doing a Q&A during the day today. This is a rare day Q&A. Yeah, but I think we like them better, actually. I like all day A's better. Yeah, Andy's better during the day, in yeah. case anyone was wondering. Yeah, I guess I slowly wilt <laughs> as the day wears on. Uh, shall we get A-ing our Shandy's cues? Yeah, let's say some cues. All right. This first question is from a real named person named Jess. Allegedly named Jess. Allegedly named Jess. Dear Shandy, I have a problem that I am hoping you can help me with. You see, I catch the ick a lot. I'll start seeing a guy, think things are going well, and then end up totally repulsed. Sometimes it's shortly after date one, other times it's after date two, but apart from one guy I had a four-year relationship with, I can't think of a single person that's held my interest for more than three dates. By the common denominator rule, I'm wondering if it's me that needs to be more open-minded. The reason this is coming up now is because I've been on three dates with a guy and I'm starting to feel the same way. What makes him different is that we had such a good first date. I was confident he would be an exception to my ick problem. We have lots of the same hobbies and interests, similar energies and values, and the conversation was easy. The kiss at the end was pretty awesome too. We texted all weekend. He asked to get dinner two days later and I was super excited. But here's where the ick development starts. He came to my neighborhood in Northwest DC and called it ghetto after seeing some police cars. As someone who grew up in an actual inner city, Northwest DC is far from ghetto. Two, I was talking about a weird experience I had at work that day related to being a woman in STEM. And he said he didn't realize that that was a source of discrimination and that maybe it was just a workplace culture thing. But he works in construction where I think the bias about women is probably even stronger than in my field. Three, he was telling a story at the end of the date and said the phrase type deal close to 20 times. For example, we ate at an Italian restaurant type deal. <laughs> now, I can't stop counting the times he says it. It's a lot, but I feel mean for getting annoyed by this. Am I being nitpicky or are these legitimate reasons to be turned off by a guy? The first two seem to indicate a sheltered worldview slash ignorance that I didn't sense on the first date. However, because I always seem to have trouble getting past date three, I'm starting to question myself. Maybe I should just let this stuff go. Do you have any tips for getting rid of the ick? Or is this decent protection against guys that just aren't right for me? Sincerely, Jess. Hmm. I really relate to Jess. Yeah, I really situation. relate to this type of deal. <laughs> The ick type deal. The, the ick type deal. First of all, I love that she's like, I think I might be the common denominator. I never make it past date three and it's always me. I'm the one that ends up repulsed. So there is a lot of taking of responsibility there. But to me, something that stands out about this is that she has had a four year relationship. 
She didn't say whether or not that concluded with ick, but I... Th- it doesn't matter. I mean, you can assume most four-year relationships conclude with some form of ick. That's true, actually. Yeah. But they're four years. It's yeah. not four dates or yeah. four hours. The ick factor only really is relevant when it happens fast. If it happens in a few years, it's just like you're just sick of the person. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And I like how she even categorizes the three examples of the ick development mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Like the first two, him calling her neighborhood ghetto, it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's also um, it is ignorant, and so you know you can educate a person or whatever. I don't necessarily think that makes them a bad person. Number two, he hadn't realized that there was any sexism in STEM. It's sort of like where has he been? Like living under a rock? I think the two combined, I'm kind of concerned. I guess. Yeah. But the type deal thing, that's. It could be one of two things. Either he's nervous, it's an early first date, and he's trying to seem cool yeah, and that's use his, this. Like, that's his fallback. Yeah, it's like his catchphrase. Yeah, it's his safe word. <laughs> yeah, so I'm torn between thinking, like, give him another chance because of that one, but the other ones sort of turn me off, honestly, because I don't really think it's her job to educate him. I agree. I think all three things hit different areas of legitimate ick. Yeah. And she's blaming herself here. No. Partially, I think, because the first date was so good. So she's starting to think, well, maybe it's me. Okay, Jess, I'm just going to speak from experience here. In my single dating days, mm-hmm. I experienced this a lot. Mm-hmm. I very rarely got even to date three because mm-hmm. I would inevitably find something really... Yeah. Even if I wasn't repulsed, something they would say or just the way like our banter was off or their opinion on something was just a turn off to me. And I was it was just too early. I didn't want to deal with it. And I would just move on. And you could call me dismissive, but it paid off for me because I ended up finding someone with whom I did not have that issue. I believe that the ick is your friend. Mm. The ick is there for a reason. The same way the instinct to pull your hand away from a hot stove is there. Yeah, before the pain of it actually reaches your brain. Yeah, your brain's like, oh, hot, bad, you know, we'll take care of this. Yeah, yeah, Move your hand away. The ick is like, bad, this is not going to be a good thing for you to have for the rest of your life. Let's pull away. (laughs) For the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, that's what everything, look, we're, we're still, humans have this bizarre place in the world where we are really just animals yeah we're essentially we're monkeys or apes or whatever you want to call us that have developed incredible technology yeah and have all these ridiculous stressors in our lives and complications and insanities yeah but we're still essentially apes yeah and apes have things that are very simple driving them Mm. right it's not like the apes have this complex tapestry of decision making it's very simple stuff you have to eat Shelter, take care of your kids, avoid getting eaten or killed. Take your kids to school. (laughs) Your children. (laughs) Um, Yes, exactly. They have a certain set of guides that are instinctive Mm -hmm. that have been around for millions of years. Yeah. And we have those too, except we cloud them with all this nonsense that goes on in civilization. So we don't listen to them sometimes. That's why humans are so neurotic. It's because we're not listening to our instincts that are ingrained from ape days so is your point then that her ick 
is instinctual and it's it's just her being an animal. Don't and question being, it. Yeah. This is what I will say. We don't have enough evidence here for me to, or for you to really say for sure that she isn't just being overly picky and, you know, prioritizing is, wants over needs and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, but, mm. but based on what we know, she had a successful, until it wasn't successful, but yeah. what relationship that ends isn't eventually unsuccessful, a four-year relationship. That's something to speak of. That's good. That's a solid go. Yeah. She gave it a good go, a yeah. college try, if you will. <laughs> so she has that on her resume, so she's not her dysfunctional. No, it's true. I actually think that that's a very important part of this resume. If she yeah. said she'd never had a relationship that made it past three dates, then yeah. I would be like, mm, maybe it is you. But frankly, these three things she's listed, which are wonderfully specific, by the way, well done, Jess, yeah. I have to admit if i were dating someone and in the first three dates i discovered these things i would be turned off too yeah me too i'm getting a broy vibe from the guy mm -hmm. and maybe that's not fair it, i could be really being judgmental right now and actually ironically the title of her email is am i being too judgmental or are these guys just not for me and uh, maybe uh, i am being judgmental by also being judgmental about the things that she's being judgmental about <laughs> But I, I mean, aren't we all being judgmental when we date? Isn't that the whole point Point of dating is I mean, being judgmental? You have a point. Are we not all judging the, you know, whatever, I was going to say the opposite sex, but I'm afraid to say that now. So whoever we're going on dates with, regardless of gender, are we not judging our compatibility when we spend time with that person? Yeah. I mean, we... Even, honestly, even platonic relationships. I think that happens well, too. If you're going to ever judge anything, you should be judging something where you may be stuck with somebody for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's the most judgy you should ever be in your life. Yeah. Within reason. Within reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if look... If I'm, you're judging the way someone dresses, that's different. That doesn't speak to their character. I don't think we're dealing with that. No. Here. She is way too no. self-aware to do that. No. They're, they're, look, yes, we've talked many times about wands over needs and some people are too picky and they're focused on the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a different situation. Yeah. And whether, it's, whether it is or not, the evidence we've been given suggests it is the situation situation we're discussing yeah. and that is that <laughs> you should judge the shit yeah. out of people you're dating especially in the early stages yeah why wouldn't you is this a charity are you just giving <laughs> are you like oh you have a lot of flaws things that i don't enjoy yeah. and things that i'm irritated by maybe we should spend the rest of our life together <laughs> but still only get better from here <laughs> yeah i'll enjoy hearing type deal much more in 10 years than i do now Okay. It's like a fine wine type deal. You just love it more and more. Yeah. The If it were the type deal thing alone, like none of these are complete and utter deal breakers. I think for some people, one and two might be. But if she goes on one more date and the type deal thing seems to just be part of his lexicon, I don't, I'd call me an asshole. But I think that the way someone speaks and writes and all these things are, it's all about fishing out your compatibility. Yes. I said it before in a very convoluted way, and I'll say it again. There is a powerful indicator that your body is tooled with, and that is the ick factor. Yeah. Exactly what she's describing. Yeah. That repulsion. Yeah. That feeling of repulsion. The same feeling like when you smell like a rotten milk. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you walk past a, a rat that's been flattened by a car. Uh, which I see all the time now. Every day I see one. Oh God. It's incredible. New uh, York is just the 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 capital of flat rats everywhere. <laughs> That's how I feel about cum trees. Oh, cum trees. <laughs> I think I don't think people know what you mean by that. There's these trees in the city that in the springtime smell like you know what? 
Well, you said it. I don't know why you have to say, you know what now. You mean you mean a cum type deal? Yeah, I know what you mean. You mean a cum smelling type deal. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, I find those trees really like, ugh. I don't know. Are, are really you talking about like ginkgo biloba trees? I'm not sure what the type fruit of tree of the it is, ginkgo but I know I'm like not vomit. the only person because I've talked to other friends about this. And for some reason, you can't smell it, but I can. I don't think guys can smell the, the, the type deal thing you're talking about. <laughs> I I know that I smell vomit trees. You know, you've smelled the vomit. Yeah, tree, the right? vomit tree is a different. I think that's tree. a ginkgo. A ginkgo's fruit when it lands and people step on it, it, it smells, smells exactly like vomit. Like vomit. Yeah, especially it when it the same chemical. when it oxidizes and just sits in the yeah. sun for a while. Yeah, it simmers. <laughs> yeah, but I know I know the trees speak of, but I don't smell it. It smells like nothing to me. Yeah, that's well, a that's a female thing. Please, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, so I don't feel totally crazy, tune in. Let yeah. me know if yeah. you also smell. The you know what type deal trees. I don't know if this is. A, I think we're going to get an explicit iTunes rating because of that. Oh, I think we're going to get an explicit description of what that tree is and why it smells that like that too, and what it's called from, from our from our listeners. The Latin name for the tree. Okay, so I think we've answered this one. Yeah, which is to say, and we're taking everything into context here. She does not seem like a non self aware person. Gotta love my double negatives, and. She has had a four-year relationship. Just because this has happened several times, she's, I think that it's the people she's hanging out with. You're just not compatible. And that's the whole point of going on a couple of yeah. dates with someone is to yeah. figure that out. And these things don't get better. You don't get less annoyed or irritated or icked out by the things that you feel on a first or second date. They yeah. get worse. Yeah. They get real bad. Like I said, I'm getting just sort of a general bro vibe here that... A lot. I'm sure a lot of women would have no issue with. But that's not the. the I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Even let's I'm say he's the biggest make, bro ever. Yeah, Maybe yeah. some women would love. Yeah. The, they're, they're looking. They're literally like Absolutely. on brofinder.com. Yeah. They want to find the best bro out there. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. What she wants is not this guy. Yes. She has to. The, the, she has to trust in the ick. It's one of the oldest instincts. And 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 I stand by my ape analogy. Mm-hmm. All right, Jess. I guess what we're saying is don't disregard your ick. The ick is your friend. I think you're right. It is decent protection against guys that just aren't right for you. Mm -hmm. Based on this example and what you've provided about yourself. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. All right, this next question is from Anonymous. She is 26 female and the man in question is 27 male. Dear Shandy, more than once I have found myself in the following situation. I'm friends with a guy... Or we have some sort of rapport. There's flirty energy between us. No one makes an actual move. Time passes and later down the road, I find out through someone else that they had liked me. 
So annoying, LOL. With the exception of dating apps, I often don't make the first move, particularly if I already have some sort of relationship with a guy, because I'm generally in the mindset that, quote, if he wanted to, he would, unquote. That being said, I also find myself being, quote, secretly interested in guys, extremely hesitant to make that known to them. Scenario. A couple of months ago, a guy I went to college with reached out to me. He realized I was in the city he was visiting and we met for dinner. We had a great time and he said he wanted to stay in touch. It's been about three weeks and we've talked about two to three times a week between phone calls, FaceTimes and text messages. He almost exclusively initiates conversations. He has a lot of the qualities of a guy I'm looking for and I feel comfortable talking to him, but I'm so hung on, quote, if he wanted to, he would, unquote, that I'm leaving it up to him to make the move if he chooses to. I'm not in a rush to shift our relationship to something more obviously romantic just yet because I'm enjoying reconnecting in a relaxed, friendly way. However, I don't want to fall into the, quote, there's interest here but no one makes a move trap again if that becomes relevant here. Question. What are your thoughts? Is my mindset correct in that these guys are not interested enough to make a move or is there something I can or should be doing to contribute to moving a friendship slash acquaintance into something more romantic simply because I'm interested in the guy? Look forward to your response, Anonymous. Hmm. She's fishing without bait. Ah. She's got a hook, just a shiny metal hook if she thinks that's good enough. (laughs) <laughs> got to stick a worm on that. Yeah, okay. Or some kind of um, of grub. A grub. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like, because we know we talk a lot about being chased and and people really do seem to focus on that. Like a lot of the questions we get are like, how do you be chased? Like yeah. you describe the chase thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm worried that people sort of put too much stock in that and that alone and not into the other elements that sort of set the stage for being chased. Yeah. Like I do think that you need to clear, make a clearing in the thicket and roll out a red carpet down which a person can chase you. Right. Uh, In today's dating climate, I will add. Yes. I, I completely agree. Chasing must be done by something that feels like there's something to chase. Yeah. Like a lion is not going to chase a statue of a zebra. He's not that <laughs> stupid. He's like, that looks like a zebra. And they did a pretty good job. I yeah, have to those, admit, it's a pretty good job. stripes are convincing. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad. But I'm not chasing that. That doesn't look like dinner to me. Mm. It has to move like a zebra. Okay. It has to smell like a zebra. Yeah. It has to do that thing where it like <laughs> gyrates its butt when flies are on it. Which I always like that. It's a nice yeah, it's thing cute. to watch. Well, it's so fascinating that, that twitch. Well, apparently that's like a thing. They don't even know it's it's like an instinct. They're they're it's they amazing. Have this vibration that makes flies. Go it's away. like their skin is on a different. It's pretty neat. Plane than every other part of. Yeah, them. it's a thing we don't have because we don't have to deal with flies all over us all the time. Except when you have a twitch and you don't know how to stop it. That's that, always really that's weird. That's true. I think that's more stress related than fly related. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, is that you have to look. Like dinner mm-hmm. to be chased. Yes, and I'm that's not, not talking about have, looks. Oh no, no, no! no you don't no, have no, to go out with like a, a hot pink tube top no, and like mini shorts or whatever. Is that they call them mini shorts? Hot pants, whatever. Yeah, I don't sure. know what they. 
<laughs> I just think fun, your association with tube tops always cracks me up. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, but you just have this idea that a tube top is the most like, anything revealing your entire stomach to me is. Yeah, but you what I'm you confuse tube top with crop top. That's what I meant, crop top. Because <laughs> okay. a tube top can cover your whole. Yeah, I know. Top. Yeah, I, I screwed up. Okay. Anyway, we know what you mean. The crop point top. is, this has nothing to do with looks. Nothing to do with looks at all. No. It has to do with 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 intention. It has mm-hmm. to do with the the vibe you're giving off. Yes. And if you don't give off a flirty, for lack of a better word, flirty, inviting, inviting, yes, a dinner, a dinner vibe, the dinner bell, like ding, 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 ding. Yeah, there may there, the dinner's here. You the may fly not be invited. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean, and I think that is especially the case. Well, two things in today's dating climate, like mm-hmm. I said, where. As we've said countless times on this podcast, men do not need to chase as much. They do not need to take as many risks because there are countless options at their fingertips. They don't need to take a risk to get a date anymore. That's the that's that's a very good point, which I was going to bring up later, is that you're not talking about a lion who's like its ribs are showing. Yeah. yeah, And it's been around the Serengeti for like weeks without a meal. It's been like eating ants. No, you're talking about a lion literally sitting like a lion sitting like a man <laughs> like literally sitting on its butt with a huge pot belly yeah, yeah. surrounded by by carcasses yeah. of zebras and mm-hmm. every animal it eats it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's he's literally the only lion amongst herds of yeah. prey yeah he's gonna only chase the most delicious <laughs> animal that's what no, you're but dealing more, with and also an animal he thinks he can catch yes an like animal, a zebra a sl- with a limp yes <laughs> Yes, he's gonna. You know what he? You know what he's looking. You're so right. He's. You know what the line of today, the the 28 year old line of today is yeah. looking for. Is looking for a zebra with one of those. You know the the dogs that have the carriages because their back legs don't work well. <laughs> yeah. It's literally looking for a zebra with one of those things. Yeah, like rolling by at like one and mile. And by an the hour. way, we're talking just in terms of attainability, not in terms of compatibility, connection. This is we're not equating a woman to a dog that has like. No. Who can't use its hind legs. I just yes. don't want people to get offended in some no. way by this comparison. The point is, is that the man has options today. Men are just inundated with options. They have too many options. It's too easy. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two is I think when you're already friends or acquaintances with the person, like the, like in the situation, you have to be extra clear. And I just want to be clear about what I mean by clear. I think little things like holding eye contact for a little bit longer more than even feels comfortable necessarily or like a, just a little more touching or a sustained hug yeah, too long a hug too long a hug little things like that to suggest that you too are interested and she said that he initiates all these conversations i think that initiating a few more conversations like that in and of itself to me sounds like he's kind of dipping his toe and chasing her but he's not really sure if it's reciprocated especially since they're longtime acquaintances yeah I don't totally blame him for not making a clear, will you go to dinner with me move based on their history and the fact that she's not initiating any conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I get playing it cool and being chased, but you also need to invite it. Again. The red carpet needs to be rolled out. You're dealing with a different set of variables. Today. In the old days, mm-hmm. maybe you could pull off the whole, like, aloof, like, ooh, <laughs> I never. But... No, that don't work. Yeah. You've got a lion who is being literally asked by prey, a variety of prey. Yeah. 
like zebras, yeah. horses, uh, gazelles. They're all kind of like, are you hungry yet? Are you, are you feeling hungry? Do you want yeah. food now? It's not fair. It's not fair. It's all wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. But you can sit around and complain about it all day long mm-hmm. and just not find what you're looking for. You have to play the game. And the game is that the guys have an absolute unfair abundance of choices and, and that's not going to change. Entry. Unfortunately, that's not going to change anytime soon. It's going to get worse. It may Oof. get worse. Okay, so the title of the email is balancing, quote, if he wanted to, he would, unquote, and quote, making the first move, unquote. And I think that there's an in-between here. You inviting him to, to ask you out is not you making the first move. It's just sort of setting the stage. It's making the conditions right. Yeah. It's like you said, putting grub on the shiny hook. Yep. Because I actually get the vibe that this friend is interested in her. But if I were him, I'm not sure if I would have the balls to possibly threaten the friendship either. I agree. Based on how much she's giving him. It's like a a bass is circling a shiny hook. And it's like, you know, I'm interested in that. Yeah. But it does kind of just look like metal to me. (laughs) You know, she's 26. He's 27. We're talking about an age where I think it needs to be made abundantly clear again unfortunately it's it's like the it's like the nat geo show i saw about these poor almost extinct rhinoceri okay which is correct by the way it is rhinoceri okay it's, not I didn't, rhinoceroses. I didn't question. Okay. it's the one i know about octopi i'm still not con- sure about <laughs> they say it's octopuses but i i find that hard to believe yeah. anyway i saw this sad show about these rhinoceros i <laughs> screwed that up that, that are almost extinct. It's very sad. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a rhinoceros? Oh, we did. We saw a rhinoceros at the Seattle Zoo. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're incredible. It's, an, it's like it, it It should be worshipped mm-hmm. like a god. This mm-hmm. thing is unbelievable. It's massive. Yeah. It's got a holder for its tail, <laughs> which, we, you know, you saw yeah. that. Anyway, these rhinoceros. That's an Instagram reference, by the way. Yeah, there was. Just, if anyone follows Dear Shandy on a Instagram. Great, great. Uh, it's a, I, I don't know. Like they really have a holder for their tail. Yeah, I don't know why. It's incredible. But okay, but go on. Anyway, my point is, is that these poor rhinoceri that are almost extinct at night they gather. It's the mating time. It, rhinoceri apparently mate and socialize more at night. Okay, it's very cute. And they showed this big, giant male rhinoceros. White. I think it was white. I think they were focusing on the white yeah, rhino because they're really extinct. in bad shape. Yeah, in really in bad shape. So um, he was enormous. It's like the most bad, probably nothing on earth could tangle with this rhinoceros. Nothing except a man with a giant gun, obviously. So anyway, I don't want to talk about that. So he found a lady, a lady rhinoceros (laughs) that that was accepting of his advances. And she was like, let's let's, let's do this. And he mounted... (laughs) And he was ready for battle. Trust me. I mean, don't. It was. He was. No one has ever been more prepared for battle than this rhinoceros. It was very evident. Okay. If you want to go Google that. Okay. He couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out how to bone. Oh. He was. He was. He was slipping. Oh my god! Oh, to to bring up the analogy, the he put his hand on the stove. He didn't know not to. Yeah, we, that's <laughs> really, really flimsy. I'm trying to find a way to use that's it. That's a real stretch. I, I, okay, okay, I'll give you that, but let's move on. His instincts weren't serving His instincts it. weren't serving yeah. You're right. It is, it is, 
it's going to kind of derail this, but let's get back on track. But yes, I'll give it to you. I tried. You did. It was a valiant effort. Thank you. So he couldn't figure out. He kept slipping off and he kept missing. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. Even the, even the guy, the Attenborough or whoever was narrating was kind of mocking him. And it's so sad. And this is one of the reasons, another reason why they're in trouble they don't even know how to do it anymore. They've lost the ability oh. to even figure out. It's they're so stressed, the population that they it's like it's bad. So is that because it that white rhino wasn't raised by like wasn't raised in the Did wild it, by a parent? I that, I don't know what I'm not going to get into it. Was I know I'm going to get like completely roasted for not for not understanding right. yeah, yeah. like yeah. socializing of rhinos, but. <laughs> <laughs> Something related to the fact that their populations okay. have diminished to almost nothing. Okay. Anyway, my point is, is she and a lot of women nowadays, sadly, have to think of men of dating age mm -hmm. as this rhino who can't figure out how to how to yeah put it in. Yeah. They no, have I to literally say, okay, here you go. You uh -huh. just go here, yeah. and then you put it right in the middle, and then and you, here's the you target. Go, you go Arrows right point here. Yeah, yeah. You put it. You, you put it in, and then you you, you pull it out. <laughs> And then you go back in and you and that's how, how you do it. Oh, good, good boy. <laughs> and that's sadly how it must be seen. Ah, uh, so positive reinforcement. Yeah. Guidance. So the least you need to do is yeah. flirt overtly. Yes. And look, flirty vibe? No, it's not going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I it think will. I want to include the caveat that, it's, that when you know each other, your acquaintances already or your friends already. Yes. This yeah, I'm matters. not saying walk into the street yeah. and start being like, hey, yeah, yeah, what's yeah, up, yeah. fellas? Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> different know. when you have a history because the history establishes that you're just friends. It's yeah. not like you met through mutual friends just tonight. That's yeah. different. Okay, so I think we've answered this. Yeah. In short, anonymous, put some bait on your hook. Yeah. And by bait, I think we mean be a little more obvious. Obvious. Clear the thicket. Roll out the red carpet. Make Guy. it clear for him that he is not taking a risk by asking you out officially, because I think at this point, based on what you told us, I don't think he knows that he won't be rejected mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. And I'm, of course, taking into account that he's 27 and not 47. Save the rhinos. <laughs> All right, Anonymous. Good luck. And give us an update. I'm very curious. All right. This next question is from Alyssa. Dear Shandy, I am writing about my recently ended engagement. Some background about us. When we met, I was 26 and he was 30 and we lived in Vancouver and Whistler respectively. He had been married once before. They had been separated for two and a half years and had two children from that marriage. I asked early on why his marriage had ended. He explained that they were young when they got married and it was not a good fit. And one big reason they got married was so her family would accept her moving to Europe with him. He was forthcoming to me that he had an affair towards the end of their marriage, explaining they had been unhappy and essentially living separate lives for some time. He seemed genuine in his remorse for disrespecting and hurting her. On one hand, I saw a red flag. On the other, I appreciated the confession. I know that many good people make the mistake of cheating, especially under certain circumstances, and it does not mean they are inherently bad people or that they will continue to cheat in the future. I decided to move forward with the relationship. A brief timeline of this relationship. We said we loved each other within the first month. I met his children three months in. We moved in together six months in. We got engaged just after a year of being together, and we were engaged for one and a half years before it ended. 
Leading to our breakup, he dropped several bombs on me. One was that he actually had cheated on his wife throughout almost their entire marriage with multiple different partners. He confessed that he was finding it increasingly difficult not to flirt with others and expressed that he was worried that he would cheat on me too. Hmm. He also told me that all along he had doubts about whether he truly wanted to be in a monogamous or lifelong partnership. He buried those doubts, feeling if he had just acted the part, he would eventually get there. And, quote, he really thought he could with a woman like me, unquote. I was shocked. I would describe myself as a borderline pessimistic person and also a very careful and analytical person. I would never get engaged to someone if I had even the slightest inkling that this outcome could be a possibility. We had our challenges, especially considering our relationship started with him still being in the process of legally finalizing his divorce, having to co-parent with his ex, him being laid off during COVID, etc. It was not always a fairy tale to navigate through these things, but the one constant was feeling so very loved, confident, and secure in our relationship. I really did not know the person sitting across from me during this conversation, from his body language to the look in his eyes to the words he was saying. It was like speaking with a stranger as though the entire past two and a half years of my life had been a lie. My question, to help me through this breakup, I decided to write a letter to him, but not to send it. The first version was highly emotional and full of profanities and colorful language. Every few days I would edit it, removing the parts that were unfair or overdramatic and focusing on the facts and specific actions and words of his that were hurtful. Doing this has been therapeutic and allowed me to process what has happened, which was what I wanted out of this exercise in the first place. However, I would be lying to say there isn't a part of me that wants to send it to him. There are two main reasons why I am finding it difficult to resist sending it. One, the fact that he lied to me about the extent of his cheating in his first marriage. I would have had significant pause in moving forward with him initially if I had known it was a repeated pattern of behavior versus a one-time mistake. I totally agree with this. Mm -hmm. In him hiding this, my informed decision making was taken when I was contemplating whether to accept his past infidelity and put my trust in him. And I want to call him out on this deceit. Two, I am so angry that he proposed whilst having doubts. We had many conversations before getting engaged about how you don't take that step with someone unless you are 100% certain. The presence of children should warrant even more careful consideration before committing to someone, and he still moved forward knowing he had these doubts. He waited to end things when my relationship with his kids was not developing, but developed. Of course, his children would have needed to be involved to some extent to explore if the relationship was going to work, but he did not have to let it get to the point where I was involved as their stepmother. If we broke up during that six-month to one-year period, I would have still been heartbroken, but mainly over him and not as much over his children and over the life we had planned for our family. I know that it will take me a significant amount of time to heal from this tremendous loss. My question is, considering the above points, do you think it is reasonable to send him my letter? These two specific things really bother me, and I feel like he needs to hear how hurtful they have been. I'm curious to know your thoughts. Thank you kindly, not just for considering my question, but for forging on with your podcast despite your busy lives, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know what I think. Look, the question she has to ask herself, and by the way, I am the biggest fan of letters unsent. 
Me too. In these situations. They are so helpful. Yeah. They, they heal your soul. Yeah. You don't ever have to send them. As yeah. a matter of fact, they're more powerful on scent. They're yours. Yeah. What is her objective in sending it? What is the objective? What does she want to gain out of sending it? Because if she wants to gain some sort of change in their relationship, forget it. That's not happening. Mm. No letter is going to convince him to rethink the way their relationship was mm. or the things he did. Okay. If she wants to send the letter to somehow make the world a better place so that he goes out there next time and doesn't make these same mistakes, yeah. again, very, very, very low likelihood that's going to work out either. So what's the objective? What is her objective? Mm, I have a different take on this one than you. I actually think the latter point you made is a worthy one. Mm. What I find interesting about this guy is the sort of half-truths. It's like she was giving him so much credit for being honest about his cheating when it was really just the tip of the iceberg. He was just revealing enough to seem honest. But yeah. there was really so much more to it. The fact that it was multiple partners, it was almost the entire marriage. It's a completely different story, I guess. And I... I mean, I guess, like, I do think there's issues with this guy, clearly. I think we can all agree that he's a liar and deceitful and doesn't think things through. He clearly sounds very selfish based on this email. But it's possible that him reading that letter could make him think more than two steps ahead next time mm. before he lets someone move in after six months and fill the role of stepmother to his children for for two and a half years essentially i i i, I do think it's making the world a better place to uh, use your yeah. words i appreciate your take on this uh-huh it's good yeah. i like it generally i agree with you don't send it because it's you're staying stewed in that in the past in this toxic non uh honest relationship like nothing about the relationship has been honest from the get-go so i understand that like you want her to shed it move yeah. on it's you're basically creating a stack of emotional cash take yeah. that and put it in a safe lock it it's yours keep it mm. you did it you, you've earned it it yeah. helped you it is it will help you in the future he's not going to get anything from this letter i promise you you know why was people like him only learn lessons from getting burned they learn lessons, but they put their hands on a on a on a hot plate, and they get burned. And they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that again." We have another. Oh, and that's true. <laughs> that's my second hot stove. Okay, analogy. now because you've done that, you have to somehow integrate that into all of your answers in this Q and A. Okay, so this this <laughs> I agree. Everything will. I I can do it. There's okay. no question. I believe in you. There's no analogy more antiquated. And more true than the the hot stove hand situation, okay, or the the, hand, the hot stove hand type deal. <laughs> exactly, a, another callback. So, my point here is that she has already gained the wealth of putting this all on paper, hashing it out for herself, and now she can tuck that away. If she gives it to him, she's going to number one. Give him the power of knowing that she's still thinking about this a lot, stewing about it. She, he still owns her mind. He's still renting space oh, in her rent head. Oh, rent-free. Yeah. Rent-free, rent, yeah. Re renting space for zero. Yeah. He's getting a free room in her head. Uh -huh. um, but that's petty to some degree, so that's not even that big a deal. But as far as changing the world, I disagree, based on my hot stove analogy. Guys like this need to be pounded over the head with pain and agony to learn lessons about this stuff. He's not going to read this letter and be like, hmm, 
she's right. I should change my behavior. Is there a chance? Sure. One in a, one in a hundred thousand. Sure. There's a slight, I think there's slight a chance. larger chance than one in a hundred thousand. I don't think thousand. so. Not for guys like this. Guys <sighs> like this, they need to be burned badly to learn a lesson about this. And even then time will pass and they'll do it again. It's repetitive behavioral patterns. I so, guess we're just going to agree to disagree on this one. And the reason I normally, trust me, I mean, we've had other ones in the past where I'm like, drop him, don't tell him what you, don't tell him what you secretly want out of this and hope that blah, blah, blah. Like, don't send the letter, don't send the card, whatever. But in this case, it's so specific. There, she has these two reasons. And the fact that he lied about the cheating and like the the multiple partners, it's so specific, the things that she's bothered by and how he did indeed rob from her the possibility of making an educated decision about Mm -hmm. him and their relationship. And I honestly feel like even if it is one in 100,000 chance that he does actually read this and process it and take any responsibility in it, that will make the world a slightly better place, especially since they are in BC and he's Canadian. That's and there's, true. There's a, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not counting that. I'm assuming they're in just anywhere in, USA. Yeah, but in Canada, it's a one in a hundred chance. One in a hundred. Because Canadians maybe. are inherently uh, better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what their their learning capabilities with letters of this nature are, but I do I do think that the, the pros and cons need to be weighed. The, the cost to her yes. needs well, to be weighed so with that talk, tiny potential let's benefit. Let's talk about the cost to her. Alyssa, I think that if you do send this email, you send it with no intention of getting a reply. And honestly, I also think even if you get a reply, you don't want to read it. Like I would say send it and then block his email or something. Okay. But but now you're like it's more to cleanse her like what she what she has hold she's holding on to this. She's been writing this email, editing it, focusing on really the core problem, like the things that bothered her the most. Yes, he deceived her. Yes, he's cheated. Yes, he told her he wanted a monogamous relationship and turned out not to want that. But none of that's really the crime that she's as focused on. Like the things she's talking about are just so specific. I think that it could give her some I don't want to use the word closure because I don't really believe nope, in that. It's not gonna give her closure. It's gonna give her open sure. It's going to open up the wound a little bit, just a little tiny bit, not a huge amount, but a little bit. And I'll tell you something else. I have written many letters mm-hmm. of this nature to people. Really? Not many. There's, there's been, are they, there's been, are they on paper? Three. Are there's, they in the house? <laughs> they're on, on, in the, in the, they're in a, they're, they're actually in the metaverse. They're on a computer yeah. that wasn't properly backed up from mm-hmm. ages ago and that is now technically somewhere in the universe but probably unattainable okay but yes they're <laughs> good they're digitalized Thanks for that concise answer <laughs> so they're not written down but um i will say this i am so happy i didn't send any of those there's not a single thing that i ever wrote to an ex mm. or someone that i was somehow burned by ever that i even for one split second i'm not grateful that i did not send yeah, but you're make you're putting her letter under this umbrella of just all letters to exes and i don't think that's what this no, is because what she can do is she can open up an emotional wound again even look she's the still wound thinking is about still but the thing, here's the thing if okay if their engagement ended a year ago i would agree with you because i'd be like just don't move on it's in the past this is a, she starts with recently ended engagement. This is recent. Yeah, She's all the still, more reason why she shouldn't send it because it's, it, the, the wound is, it's, 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 there's pus coming out of her wounds. <laughs> oh 
is it's like a yellowish reddish hot pulsating wound. <laughs> this is not a wound you want to 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 uh, anger. Uh. Do not send the letter. Nothing good will come of it. I appreciate your very no, I, sweet and very um, it's optimistic a, view of how this letter view, will land. I don't think my perspective on this is optimistic. I actually think yours is optimistic to think that she can move on just as easily whether or not she sends She can letter. move on more easily without sending the letter. I know from experience. I'm telling you, don't send it because what she will do is she'll... First of all, as I said, give him more airtime. Mm. He now knows That's he has the, the main, power. Okay, I can agree that the main reason not to send the letter is the airtime in her, the rent-free space in her mind yeah. that it will take up, just her concocting the letter. I mean, she's already written it, but just sort of making it appropriate to send to him. And then the heart, you know, her heart will race while she sends it. And then she'll wonder if he replies. It's going to take Herculean strength to then block his email and not read his reply and all that stuff. So in that sense, I agree with you. Yeah. Open it's, up Pandora's box. It's sort of staying in that past. But I don't know. I guess it is optimistic of me to think that she could be making the world a better place. But I genuinely think it's possible there, that the next th- person he would be like, well, Maybe I'll wait a little bit longer before having you meet my kids. You know, maybe I'll be a little more honest about how many people I cheated on my, my ex with. That I mean, I find that less likely. He's probably never going to change that. He's not going to learn it from letters. He's going to learn it from hard experience. She has nothing to gain by sending this letter. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. It will only cause her slightly more cost, somewhere in the range of a teeny bit more cost to a lot more cost. She cut the cord. The cord is cut. She went through the hardest part. It's yeah. now over. Now she's going to go back to that neighborhood, the scene of the crime. No, I know what you mean. She is going, she's taking one step back to drop off a letter and then yeah. moving forward again. But it's possible. It's dangerous to stay, take that step back. I'm not disagreeing and who's with you. to say you? the world needs to be made a better place? Maybe someone else needs to learn a lesson uh, too. Maybe someone else needs to learn I how not to make those Alyssa mistakes. I guarantee you, Alyssa would love to have the two and a half years of her life back. I guess one thing I'm missing from this very well written email is exactly how the ending came about. Because it was a two and a half year long relationship leading to our breakup, he dropped several bombs. She doesn't really say whether she was the one to drop that hammer and end it with him based on what he was telling her or if he was telling her this as part of him ending this engagement. I do think it's relevant who broke up with who. Alyssa. Yeah. Didn't put that in your email. I say that because if she broke up with him after he told her all this, uh, I think that that almost is the letter in and of itself. I agree. If he's revealing all this stuff and it ends up like their engagement sort of just like explodes and they go their separate ways and it's not really her ending it, then I'm not so sure that he gets the message. Like I think that he might think that he partially ended it too. Does that make sense? Mm. You know, okay, who broke up with whom, when they broke up, how they broke up. There's certain, to me, steadfast rules in life about with with relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of them is you don't send post-relationship letters. And and yes, there's a slight little holier than thou. It's not holier than that. It's a rule to live by because it, like anything, like, for example, if if you're walking on the street and you see something shiny at the bottom of a filthy puddle in, in the gutter, 
yes, it may be a silver dollar, but 99 out of 100 times, it's just some piece of crap. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not going to bend in and and pull off a a handful of muck (laughs) to get nothing. That's how I treat this. Okay. If if 99% of the time this is not going to create any benefit, mm-hmm. don't do it. Okay. Focus on other things. Take the energy of that and the energy that will be sucked out of you in the postscript of that yeah, okay, that's and true. put it towards something more positive for your future. Forget about the past. This is over. Let him deal with his mistakes. Let other people deal with his mistakes. It's not your job to police the future. Mm. Forget about it. I mean, many times when there's a big jackpot, I will go out. And buy some lotto tickets. Mm-hmm. Do I win the lotto? No. Am I ever going to win the lotto? I actually don't really understand that. Why do people buy more lotto tickets when more people have bought the lotto tickets? Like when the number's higher. The whole lotto is a big scam. I yeah. mean, basically, well, look, to be fair, I respect buying lotto tickets when the jackpot is enormously high. Because there is a mathematical chance that you might be the only one who wins it. And then you're winning an amount of money that literally yeah, but is like, you're making it sound like the amount when it's a normal jackpot isn't well, the same that's thing. The, like, and the, there are that's, fewer people. That's getting the absurdity of the lotto. Yeah. It plays on the weakest human emotions. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of actually gross. Yeah. The lotto was, it hurts a lot of people, mm-hmm. but let's not talk about the lotto. My point is, <laughs> is that yes, I do that. Do I think I'm going to win? No. Is it wasted money? Absolutely, yes. It's absolutely wasted money. Even if it's just $2, mm-hmm. I might as well take that $2 and and throw it in the fireplace. There's no difference, mathematically speaking. Mm. None. Take the letter, throw it in the fireplace, put it in your safe, put it in your, your hard drive, <laughs> wherever that letter goes. I don't know what form the letter's in. Yeah. Do not send it, ever, period. <laughs> I'm a little softer on this, clearly, but I, you are convincing me. I just don't know if it would be the best for her. Like, it would take so much strength to not then get kind of reinvolved, especially if he had a response. So, okay, I guess overall, if we are going to give an answer, you're 100% don't send it. Hmm. I'm 70% don't send it. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. We'll agree to one third disagree. <laughs> okay, Alyssa, good luck. Happy healing to you. Definitely onwards and upwards and better days are ahead for sure. Yes. Good luck. Especially if you don't send the letter. (laughs) Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. All right, this next question is from A as in the letter. Dear Shandy, to get started, I'm a self-employed 29-year-old from Kansas. I work online and have been working remote since 2015. Mm. I moved to Hawaii in 2019 and had one sweet year of adventures until the pandemic brought that to somewhat of a screeching halt with a more strict lockdown than most states on the mainland. To give context, my father died unexpectedly in July of 2019, two months after I had moved to Hawaii. I had no friends established yet and had been single for three years as well. I had never felt more lonely than when I got that news that he had passed. 
It was a bit of a wake-up call for me to get off the dating apps, stop the meaningless hookups, and to start meeting more people in person. In February of 2020, I met a guy, we'll call him C, just before lockdown. We met at a bar. He asked for my number and the next day texted me asking me to go on a date. I remember knowing pretty instantly he wasn't the one, but I didn't know if it was because he just wasn't my type or why I felt that way. But I wanted to get to know him and see if something was there because he was a nice guy. The night I met C, he introduced me to a girl in his friend group. He had just met her too, who was also from Kansas. We'll call her Sally. I love how Sally gets a name, but no one else does. Yeah, that's interesting. That shows <laughs> that shows animosity. <laughs> Towards Sally? Yeah, she deserves a name for all the wrong reasons. Oh, well, why don't you hear the rest of the email? And say, you know what? Circle back to that and tell me at the end of the email if you still feel that way. Okay. Okay. Sally and I got along instantly. Oh, I screwed up. <laughs> she texted me a few months after first meeting and asked if I needed a roommate, which I did. We moved into an apartment together in Hawaii in July 2020. We had our differences, but we were good roommates. We always communicated and were aware of each other's space. The main difference we had is that she is super religious, but also judgmental of others. I come from a religious upbringing, but am now agnostic. And personally, I can't stand the judgmental religious types, but respected it all the same. Anyway, C and I also started dating officially. We had our ups and downs. I would come home to Sally and sometimes cry to her or just get her opinion on why C was acting a certain way. The normal kind of conversation two girl roommates slash friends have. Fast forward to April 2021. Sally tells me she wants to move to Florida and she'd like to go look at places there before moving. So I agree to go with her and help her look. She said she had a guy friend we could stay with there named Jay. And it would be fun. Jay is just a friend to her, and she's not interested in him at all. I was hoping that I would get clarity on whether or not I might want to move myself. I knew at this point I didn't want to stay in Hawaii forever, and I also knew C wasn't going to be my forever person. It looks like Jay is in the picture, and she's moving to Florida. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) The trip to Florida went great. We come back to Hawaii, and I decide I need to break things off with C. Jay asks how things are going in Hawaii, and I tell him about breaking up with C. How things are going. Jay and I start talking more and more, FaceTiming, etc., and I've never felt more comfortable and connected to someone than when we talked. Sally's not happy about this. (laughs) That's what I was missing with C, that safety and connection. I decide to move to Florida a month after Sally Mm. had just moved there. When I get to Florida, I told Jay that I didn't want to tell Sally about us talking or starting to see each other. I didn't want it getting back to see as we share a friend group, and I didn't want to cause pain. Eventually, about a month later, Sally found out that Jay and I had been going on dates and seeing each other since I moved to Florida. She felt betrayed because of the lying, which I get. I was dishonest in some ways about where I was when I was actually with Jay. But in some ways, I felt like I had the right to tell her about Jay when I wanted to tell her or when I knew even what it was. I didn't know what it was in the beginning. She also is a very private person about her dating life and never fills me in on who she goes on dates with or what happens on them, etc., As soon as I found out that Sally found out about Jay and I from a mutual friend, I think, I went to Sally's place and explained myself and apologized for being dishonest, and she accepted my apology. I thought things were going to be okay, but she just stopped talking to me altogether. Are you proud of your predictions so far, Andy? Things are looking a little brighter. (laughs) For me. (laughs) 
I'd love to hear from you both what your thoughts are on this. From my side, I see that I hurt her and I took ownership of that, but at the same time, it feels like such a small thing to break a friendship up over. I've been trying to see everything from her perspective, but it feels like she's not trying to see it from mine, kind of like assuming my intent was malicious. Do I just let it go? I think I just need to hear you both dissect what happened for peace of mind. (laughs) It's been nine months now. And Jay and I are in a happy relationship and it couldn't be going any better. But I still think about this often. I guess that's the people pleaser in me and wanting everyone to like me. Thanks in advance, A. Hmm. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So- I was actually in a very similar situation. Oh, really? Yeah. Why don't you tell the story for the Shandies? And me, because I'm not sure who you're talking about. I, I'm i not going to name names, but I did um, go to visit a friend in a place that was far away uh-huh. who had a roommate yeah. that I eventually started dating very seriously. Okay. And I knew that he had some romantic history with this roommate, but it was dead and buried forever. Okay. But he still held a torch. So I committed a much more serious crime than than Anonymous? A. <laughs> K? A. 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 Yeah. According, though, to Sally claiming that she had no... Romantic interest in Jay. Which is what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. So my friend was upset with me for quite some time. Okay. But not horribly upset. It didn't ruin our friendship. It created a little bit of a, like a little bit of a monkey wrench in our friendship. Okay. That has now been removed from the machinery. Okay. I think Sally was being dishonest about her situation Mm. with Jay. Okay. And as a result of that, she kind of set an inadvertent trap for A. Mm. So you know how I like to do this thing where I pick out a sentence that really stands out to me Mm -hmm. in the whole email? Something that stands out to me here is when she said she's a very private person about her dating life and never fills me in on who she goes on dates with or what happens on them, etc. It's interesting that we're taking her word for it, that there was no interest in Jay or no history with Jay. Yeah. Also... We can't forget C. Maybe Sally had an interest in C that she never told A about. Yeah. You know, you ended up being right. Sally's the only one with a name here. Mm. (laughs) So I'm trying to put myself in Sally's shoes in this situation and even assume that she's been completely honest every step of the way. And maybe she was just friends with C and she's just friends with J. After all they've been through, they were roommates for a long time. They end up moving. They go to Florida to look at apartments together. And then Sally moves there. And then A moves there after. I look, I do think when you meet someone through someone, it's almost like a courtesy thing. It's not like you're asking for permission, but it's like a heads up. It's like not paying your broker for, you know, finding your apartment. Kind of like I not that bad. Yeah. It's perceived like that for the for the uh, yes, victim. Yes, that's what's most important is that's how the person who introduced them perceives it. I'm going to put it this way. I've introduced many girlfriends to each other. No. Like I, I'm, I often, for some reason, end up being this connective tissue and then friends start hanging out with each other. But you know what means a lot to me is when one of those friends is like, oh, I really loved so-and-so and we've been DMing and like, I think we're going to go get coffee. And I'm yeah. like, that's amazing. Go have fun. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't, yeah. like, yeah, I love that like, you guys get along. Like, I, I love setting up friends with each other. You feel like proud. Like yeah. you gave something, you'd created some 
great thing. Yeah, and I feel validated in my yeah. taste in people. I'm like, yes, of course you would get along because I have good taste in people and my, my, all my friends should get along. And next time we all hang out as a group, that's great that you guys are also friends. It's not just because you're there because of me. Yeah. However, I will admit, if I didn't get that text saying, hey, I really connected with, with so-and-so at your birthday party or whatever, and I found out through some other source that they'd been just hanging out as friends without me, without yeah. ever telling me, even though I had introduced them. If yeah. I'm completely honest, and I'm not a controlling person with this stuff, I'd be a little like, meh. It's, there's something about human nature, and I've never been able to put my finger on this, mm. but this is a thing. It is And I'm not thing. sure it's wrong to feel that way, and I'm not sure it's right. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's a thing humans do. Yes. When you feel responsible fully, yes. or at least mostly, uh-huh. for having a person engage in some you know, romantic relationship. Or even platonic friendship, truly. Whether it's a deep platonic friendship or a romantic relationship, you feel as a human, for whatever reason, that you deserve some kind of recognition. Yes. Not necessarily like, oh, thank you so much. You're so wonderful. Oh, giver of friendships and romances. No, (laughs) you just... You just want some recognition that, yeah, this happened. Yeah. And, and I know that you did the thing that well, made it happen. Well, because you know what? It doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. It doesn't often. happen on a daily basis. So you do feel, I don't know what it is. I don't want to well, say it's ownership. It's just like well, acknowledgement of, that yes, it's acknowledgement. you were involved. I don't know. If, is it ego? Is it just no, wanting your ego you, stroked? You know, it's just common decency. This is the thing. Think about it this way. When someone does something for you, nice, and let's say you give them a bottle of wine mm-hmm. in exchange. Yeah. If you don't get a thank you for that bottle of wine, <laughs> you get slightly upset. Not like majorly upset, but you're like, oh, I could have uh, maybe a little thank you would have been nice. And that's like, think about how low, low on the totem pole that is point. compared to you giving someone what everyone in life mm-hmm. seeks, which is deep friendships and romance, right? Yes. That's the most important thing. That's why in we're life, all here. Yeah. More than career or anything. Mm. So the fact that they don't even acknowledge that. Not only you feel a little cheated of some, you know, thank you for yeah. lack of a better word, but also it seems a little bit like um, underhanded. Yes. Like they're, they're going around you. They're like, I don't want to I don't want to give her that or I don't want to tell her for some weird reason. So it creates a monster. Yes. And I don't think that Sally is necessarily a particularly jealous person. Mm. I just think she's a person. Yeah. And people like the acknowledgement. And I totally get it. And these kind of things can spiral. Yes. Like they can they can start as a simmering like, oh, why didn't she tell me this? And st- and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until it ends the friendship. Yeah. And I've seen it happen before. It's happened, to be honest, this kind of thing. I told you the example of, yeah. it was a very parallel example. Yeah. But I've had other situations, even in the moment where you're like in a bar and somebody says, I had this situation as well. Someone says like, oh, that I really like someone, meaning my guy friend, says, I really like that girl. That girl's hot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then like, I'll go talk to her later in the night and maybe, you know, something happens, I get her number. And then he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like like he suddenly owns. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't. It's ridiculous. But you're friends and there's a sort of a a different code about that. And I, I will admit, I don't care about a lot of these things. Like, I'd like to consider myself a fairly chill person, but I... And I'm not saying Sally's right here in every regard, because I have some issues, which we'll get to. 
But I can see why she's upset. Totally and that's not even taking into account the fact that she might have had a crush on C right. and possibly a crush on J secretly. I'm assuming that there were no crushes had by yes. Sally. And it's still a problem. Yes. If there were crushes, it's a big problem. Yeah. And it's not going to get any better. Uh-huh. I think we sometimes have to, again, getting back to the instincts, mm-hmm. like the ick factor that you should trust. Yes. It's a deep primordial human instinct. We have it for a reason, to avoid things that are repulsive. Yeah. The same way, for some reason, humans have an extremely strong reaction to this kind of action. If, yeah. And I believe it has to do with some kind of family unit thing, like where if some outsider comes and tries to sort of create some other unit within your family unit, this is some real old school, like million-year-old yeah. shit, mm-hmm. where you suddenly are like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why am I not involved in this? Yeah. This is my family. Yeah. I will admit I'm susceptible to this. Everyone is. I know. I I, I mean, I, I, can admit, I don't think it's a flattering thing to admit to, but I even feel that way if I, you know, if I'm getting dinner with three core girlfriends and then one of them without consulting any of us yes. invites an, one of her other close friends. And I'm like, but that, that changes the dynamics of, our, of our foursome. Like, like, yeah, I just want a heads up. I just want the information. People are very sensitive to this kind of stuff. Yes. Human relationships, really when it comes down to it, all this nonsense about like, phones and technology and social media and clothing and life <laughs> and career is all BS. When yeah. it comes down to being a human, it's about interpersonal relationships. Yes. Romantic or just friend or family. That's mm-hmm. all life is mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Yeah. Without that, we have nothing. Yeah. So it's the most important thing to protect. And there's a real really fine line Mm. between setting someone up and being like, oh my God, I set someone up and they're married now. This is the greatest thing. I feel so awesome about this. And introducing someone to somebody without officially setting them up and then going off with that person without giving you acknowledgement. The the chasm is wide. Yes. I think the key word here is acknowledgement. Yeah. That's all you want. Acknowledgement. You don't necessarily need a gift basket. No. I love gift, gift baskets. Everyone just... loves gift baskets. <laughs> Everyone does. Remember, Even if you don't want anything in the basket, yeah, you're always like, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of the excitement of the variety pack. Everyone loves a yeah, basket. Yeah, there's of so anything. many different I'll take a basket, like... empty basket. <laughs> you can put stuff in it later. I kind of get the vibe from this email that A might have expected us to side with her. The one thing I will agree with is that that is off about Sally here is the fact that she accepted the apology, but then like ghosted her as a friend. I Absolutely. think that's a little immature. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, totally. Sally was wrong. If it but- bothered Sally, she should have said in the moment. But I can also admit sometimes that it's tough to say this stuff in the moment. And she felt betrayed. A cast the first stone. A did cast the first stone. I hate to say it. Yeah. Sorry, A. Uh, yeah, I agree. We, we love you. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're a loyal Shandy, yes. which takes precedence over everything. Yeah, but just by keeping but, this secret and the fact that she never actually told her, Sally had to find out through a mutual friend. It's not good. Not a good look. Yeah, I'm not so sure this is just like uh, one of those things that you're like, yeah, I'm sorry for keeping it from you. I just wasn't sure what the relationship was <laughs> yet thing. Like to me, this is a little more deceitful than just a quick apology. And, and and I'll tell you why it's deceitful. Because it's inherently a move made by someone who's worried that if they reveal what they're doing, mm-hmm. it might not be condoned. Now it's been nine months. A and J are dating. They're happily dating. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe. She gained a, a lover and lost a friend. Yeah. Whatever. But what bothers me about that is that she lost a friend because of the execution. It's not because their friendship was really. But to look at it 
the glass is half empty or half full. I don't know which one. They're both the glasses, both ways is not a good glass. Okay. Whatever liquid is in, in there is not good for drinking. It's not potable. <laughs> it's not a potable glass. Half full, half empty, both bad. Okay. But on the flip side, she could have told her. Yeah. And she could have said, no, I'm not, I'm not letting you do that. And that could have ended the friendship too. Mm. Either way, it could have screwed up this friendship easily. Yeah. Yeah. So it happened the way it happened. She wins because she has now a romantic partner that she's happy with, I guess. Yeah. And she loses this friend who she honestly, I'm not so sure this friendship was that amazing. To yeah. She this, said she was judgmental. Yeah. I also want to touch on that, too, though, yeah. because little things. I'm sorry. I don't mm. I don't mean to, to stick on this even longer, but little things like A would tell Sally all about her issues with C and cry to her get her opinion it sounds like she talked to sally a lot about her relationships meanwhile to her, in her point of view sally has been secretive but part of me also wonders how much a asked sally about her interests or relationships is she assuming that there was nothing with jay how forthcoming has sally been does she need to be asked questions to open up i'm just wondering if this friendship has been un imbalanced since the beginning. I agree. I think that there's more here than meets the eye. I agree. And I also think that sometimes friendships serve purposes. They were in Hawaii at the same time in the same place. They're both from Kansas. They bonded over that. I'm sure that they helped each other get through, you know, a chapter of their lives of this, you know, what an adventure to go live in Hawaii for a while. But that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to be lifelong friends. And the fact of the matter is that friendships end. Listen, and as you get older, you realize that more and more. The friendship is like is like a boat. It floats until it's got holes in it. <laughs> Some boats can take a little hole. Yeah. Some boats can't take the tiniest hole. Yeah. There's a little tiny hole poked in this boat and it sank like a rock. <laughs> so maybe the friendship was never meant to be a long lasting lifetime friendship. And you know what? Then for A, it's a win-win. She, she shed a friendship that was never really gonna have legs Mm -hmm. and she gained a partner did she do it the right way i know she should have told her friend i think so but honestly yeah but does she deserve to be like should she punish herself forever for that though is she the first person who's done this yeah i feel like almost everyone has done a thing like this at some point in time i think what i wish sally had done here was just been more forthcoming about what clearly bothers her you know, I don't get the impression that she's good with conflict. No, she she made a decision. She's like, she sl- this is a, a fatal blow. I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm not going to talk this out. That's why I think actually you you have it wrong about what kind of boat their friendship was. No offense. Oh, really? Is my boat analogy poor? <laughs> no, I love the boat analogy, but I actually think their boat, their the friendship of their boat, or rather the boat of their friendship, had several small little holes in it. That they didn't see eye to eye on or things that they didn't talk about, they didn't share. Oh, so it was sinking. It was, it was sinking already. The whole time. Oh, I, agree. I think so. I think there's more to the C thing than not not S E A, but rather C, the first boyfriend guy, than meets the eye here that she's not addressing in this email, or maybe that she doesn't even know about I that agree. Sally knows about, yeah. or that Sally has felt and never shared. There's all these little holes poked, and then finally there's one more hole, a yeah. sli- a bigger hole, I agree, the J yeah. hole. Yeah, it was a big. And hole. then it went. <laughs> Yeah, I think what we're dealing with here is a boat that always was half full of water. Yes. And it just, all it needed was one last poke. Yeah. And under the waves it goes. Yeah. 
So do we have any... I guess she said she just wanted to hear us talk about it. So I don't know if we this is really We did talk about thing. it. Yeah. And uh, I think, A, you are both wrong. And you're right. Yeah. You're pretty much, it's a wash. I feel for Sally. I don't see myself not reacting short of the dropping the friendship thing. But I don't see myself not being upset by this. I would be upset uh, by what Sally was uh, upset by. Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. People like to be acknowledged. It's like you like to be acknowledged for some stupid bottle of wine. You got (laughs) someone for something that was of more value they did for you than the wine. But somehow you want to be acknowledged. I don't know why. It's ridiculous. People are ridiculous. They are, but I will admit I am also like that. Yeah, me too. It's so stupid. It is Why do I need that? I don't know. Anyway. Okay, moving on. Yeah. All right. This next question is from Mr. Mouse in the house. Oh, this is going to be good. Dear Shandy, my boyfriend and I love listening to your hilarious takes and thought we'd write in with this question to get your thoughts. It's a bit of an am I the asshole question. Okay. That was kind of like our last question. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Okay. So I, oh my God, you know, it's so cute. She, I think she got an email specifically for this. That's amazing. Are you serious? Yeah, it's Mr. Mouse and then a, a bunch of numbers at gmail.com. That's hilarious. How cute is that? That's truly anonymous. That's so anonymous. Yeah. And, and shows her dedication to the Q&A. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, she, she doesn't even trust me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like works for the CIA. Okay. I, age 34, and my boyfriend, age 32, are living for a few months in the northeast U.S. for a job stint. So we are renting a place while we are here. About one month ago, my boyfriend saw a tiny mouse, now named Mr. Mouse, in the bathroom in the middle of the night. Mm. My boyfriend is vegan and cares about sentient beings, so he wanted to get a mousetrap that catches mice alive so he could set Mr. Mouse free in the wild. Mm -hmm. Right thing to do. We set up a couple of mouse house traps for weeks with no success. We weren't sure if the traps were working or not, but we hoped Mr. Mouse had moved on to another unit in the apartment. Fast forward to two days ago, I saw a big mouse in the middle of the day in the kitchen slash living room. This eliminated the veil of naive assumption that the mouse had left. I freaked out knowing that the mouse slash mice were not going for the mouse house traps and venturing out during the day now. I panic ordered some poison traps and messaged my landlord again and she agreed to get the building exterminator to come by. P.S. The fact the building has an exterminator says it all. Eh. I think most buildings have an exterminator. I, mean, I don't think that's outlandish. Oh, you think so? I mean, we're speaking like real New Yorkers right now. I mean, I've never lived in a building that yes. doesn't have an exterminator. I mean, I mean, that's part of life. It's part of New York. Critters anyway. like to eat city food. <laughs> they get it where they can get it. My boyfriend was definitely disappointed I did these things as he feels the mouse could be caught humanely. I feel like the humane traps just don't work for us and want to feel safe in my space. As evil as it is, I don't care if Mr. Mouse and his comrades die. Our question is, am I being disrespectful to my boyfriend's ethical standards? Thanks so much, Mr. Mouse in the house. I don't know if the name suits. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it's like a Dr. Seuss rhyme, but it's really just she wants to kill mice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Right. I think this is a cute question. It's cute. I, I have strong feelings about this. Yeah, I know you do. And I agree with you. I, I mean, I agree with what I think you're going to say. Well, you agree with me because we 
have are, are with each this. other. Yes. We, we are with each other and we and feel the same way about living things. Yes. And admittedly, when I have seen mice in the apartment, that doesn't make me feel unsafe. She says she wants to feel safe in her apartment. No, when I see a little mouse. It's cute. Yeah, but I also just think little animals are really cute. And I, and I had hamsters growing up, so... I mean, a little tiny mouse is one of the cutest things in the world. Yeah, but I understand you don't want to live with no, it. I don't totally wanna, get that. I don't want to live with mice either. Yeah. Because mice do make... They make the poops. <laughs> and they make the peeps. Yeah, and they're And those dirty. aren't filled with things that are that good for you, from what I hear. <laughs> they make the peeps. They make the peeps. Is that what you call The pee, pee, peas? I think it's just they pee. They make pee. They, they pee. They, pee. they <laughs> urinate. <laughs> They urinate in your apartment and yeah. make feces. Yes, yeah. Yes, and those are bad. Yes. You don't want a lot of mice feces and urine in yeah, your apartment. Yeah, and generally, they're, who knows where they are? They're not clean. We no get one it. wants to live in a house with mice. You don't want to have guests over and have mice running around. <laughs> it's not a good look. No one wants that. Okay, I think okay. we're focusing on the wrong part. The, the point is, is that there are ways to get rid of mice from your house that are very humane, and you just have to take a little extra, like a it's few extra, extra steps, work. a little mm-hmm. extra effort to make it work. For instance, I we, we have a, a Instagram video of yeah. me freeing a mouse. I will insert right here the photo of Andy proudly showing the mouse he caught with, with a humane trap. The key, we think, is peanut butter. Peanut butter is key. Yeah. Um. By the way, that was one of like seven mice yes. I caught that year. Yeah. We had two of those traps and we caught countless mice that yeah. we then went and let out in such a And then park. went right back into someone else's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Anyway, that's not the point. It's a cycle of life. Hmm. <laughs> um, so first of all, let me just preface this with that mice are mammals. It's one thing if you have a roach infestation. Mm. You can do whatever you want. You Honestly, I have, I'm have. i at war with roaches. Yeah. Roaches to me are like, it's the one animal. We have killed roaches. I will yes. not accept. Yeah. There's something bad about roaches are bad people. <laughs> I don't like roaches and I will kill roaches. It's one of roaches and mosquitoes. Only two animals on earth I mm-hmm. will kill. Mm-hmm. And ants. I don't know. I just have, you have 500 ants in your house. You got to start killing them. Okay. But mice are mammals. And not only that, we are directly, for, for all intents and purposes, we're directly descended from mice or voles. Because when the asteroid hit 65 million years ago, it wiped out everything pretty much on the surface of the earth. The only things that really live were things that burrow underground. Mm. They were the only mammals that survived that asteroid. And they developed into things that eventually became us. Okay. If you buy into that crazy theory. <laughs> and your point is? <laughs> My point is that we need to respect these animals. Mm. They're sentient, loving. They, they love for their, they, they have young, they mate, they, they have like families, they care for their young deeply. They, they, they lactate, their young drink milk out of their teats. These are really <laughs> serious animals. You can't just slaughter them wholesale. Yeah. So anyway, my point is, is that in general, if there's one person in a relationship that values sentient life, Mm. that person's desire should take precedence in the relationship. I agree with that because it's not like Mr. Mouse in the House or the person writing the email cares as strongly that mice die as her boyfriend cares that they live. She just doesn't want the mice there. Right. And therefore, I think there are alternatives that that involve not killing the mouse. There there are. Not only do we have these mouse houses that we've discussed that you put the peanut butter in, but also- Which I'll link below, by the way, because they really did work for us. They worked. I caught caught a lot of mice. Yeah, yeah. 
It was pretty cute. Yeah. We, we actually, a lot of cuteness happening. It was really they weren't cute. happy about it. No, but, but they, they were happier ch- than they would have been yeah. had we used some other things. We were- made several trips to Central Park with mice. It was pretty cute. Yeah. Okay. So go on. There are other ways to catch and kill mice that are horrible. Mm. And I once made the very unfortunate mistake of using one of those sticky traps. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, this was years ago. To this day, I still have flashbacks of what happened. I don't even want to talk about it. Those should be outlawed. Yes. They're horrific. Mm-hmm. They're way more cruel than those snap traps, which you never which know where it's going to hit the mouse. Yeah. It could hit the tail. It could hit the head. It could, yeah. it could live for three hours like that. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. But the point is, is that these animals deserve at least some just modicum of, of, of dignity yeah. in their demise and or not demise. Yeah. Let them be caught. Let them be freed. But also, what do mice want? Food. Mice don't want companionship. No, they want food. They don't love you. Food, glorious food. Yes. Hot sausage and mustard. What's While a f- we're in the mood. You don't know what I'm doing? It's from Cold some- jelly and custard. I assume that's a musical. Yeah, you don't know the musical? Oliver? Yes! Ooh, that was a, I pulled that from <laughs> deep down. <laughs> Good job. So anyway, they want food. Yeah. So if they want food... How do you prevent mice from coming to your house? Throw out the garbage. Yeah. Throw out the garbage a little sooner than you would ordinarily. Don't let the garbage sit overnight. You know what they love? They love to come when you're sleeping. They go into the garbage. They eat. They have a great party. And crumbs. Crumbs. Get rid of the garbage sooner than later. And the mice won't come. They have no interest in your house mm. except food. Sometimes warmth. But even if that's <laughs> the case, they'll stay in, They'll stay behind the wall. They, they won't bother yeah. with your phone. Okay. So in short... Mr. Mouse in the house, even though I have an issue with the name you signed your email with. Yeah, this sounds much friendlier than what's going on here. (laughs) If your partner doesn't want to kill things, then he's right. That's a cute takeaway. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll link below the mouse traps and peanut butter. Yay. Yeah. I won't link peanut butter, but we like peanut butter for this purpose. Peanut butter works good. They mm-hmm. like a good peanut butter, these mice. Yes. They love it, especially uh, creamy peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Chunky peanut butter there. Yeah. Creamy. Everyone likes creamy. I like chunky. I used to like chunky, but I realized I was wrong. Creamy is better. It's not like you're wrong. You just change your preference. Well, it, I, I believe strongly that the right thing to like is creamy. And <laughs> I, I went through a chunky phase. And it was wrong. I've grown up. Okay, Andy, I think then that's a wrap for this Q&A. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends. Oh, sorry, follow us on TikTok as well. Leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews and generally do all the things you would do to support and help grow a podcast that you enjoy and consume. And on that note, that's a wrap. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy.